This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today, we continue with a series based on the 23rd Psalm called Living in the Goodness of God. In these lessons, you'll discover that God is good all the time, even in life's most difficult circumstances. And you'll experience the hope and favor that spring from God's divine goodness. Before we get started, we want to let you know that very generous friends of the ministry are offering a $100,000 matching grant. That means that every dollar you give right now to help Daily Hope share the hope of Jesus around the world will be matched up to $100,000, making your gift go twice as far. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part two of a message called, Letting God Meet My Needs. Matthew 6 verse 30 says this, If God cares so wonderfully, even for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, in other words, they're only going to bloom for a few days and then they're gone, but your life lasts decades. If God cares so wonderfully even for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he surely care for you? You see, what he's saying here is that God has assumed responsibility for the needs in your life. And he cares for you because he says you are valuable. You have value. You want to know how much you value? Look at the cross. Jesus died for you on the cross. That shows how much value you have to God. You're not junk. You're not worthless. No, no, you are valuable to God because you're his child. My children are valuable to me. My grandchildren are valuable to me. You are the child of God and you're valuable to God. He says, I'm gonna take care of your needs. I'm your loving heavenly father. I am your shepherd. And like the shepherd takes care of the defenseless sheep, when you need it, I'm there. What am I saying? I'm saying that worry in your life, every time you worry, it comes from the fact that you misunderstand the goodness of God. Worry is a warning sign. It's a yellow caution light going bam, bam, bam. That's saying, at this point, I've forgotten how good God is. I've forgotten the promises of God. I've forgotten what God has promised to do in my life to meet all my needs. He says it over and over and over. I will meet all your needs. There's no need that God will not meet if you trust him. Now, if you don't trust him, you're out there on your own. But if you trust him, he says, I will meet every need in your life. And worry means I've forgotten that, the goodness of God. It comes from misunderstanding what God is really like. And you know what? We always get into trouble every time, whenever we start doubting God's goodness. When we start thinking, God's not gonna take care of me. God doesn't really love me. God isn't a good God. Every time you start thinking like that, and you know where those thoughts came from, um, you're gonna get in trouble. You're gonna go down a blind alley, hit a dead end, have all kinds of discouragement in your life. And it doesn't even make sense. Most of you here sitting here this, uh, in this day are believers. You've stepped across the line spiritually. You've said, you know, I've put my trust in Jesus Christ because I know heaven's perfect and I'm not. There's no chance I'm getting to heaven on my own goodness because I'm not good enough. So I'm trusting Jesus Christ to forgive me and to save me by his grace. Not by my works, but I'm just trusting God to save me because he's, he loves me, he wants to forgive me, he sent Jesus to die for me. When Jesus died on the cross for you, he solved your biggest problem. You don't have any bigger problem than eternal salvation. But 
if that's your biggest problem, why do you doubt his taking care of the smaller things in your life? What's the logic of saying, I'm gonna trust God to get me to heaven, but I'm not gonna trust him to help me make my car payment? What, what's the logic in that? It makes no sense. Why would you trust God with something so big, eternal salvation, but not trust him with, who am I supposed to marry? Or am I ever gonna get married? Or am I gonna get a job? Or what school should I go to? And all the other major questions in life, why don't you trust him with those things too? It doesn't make sense to say, oh, I don't doubt him for my salvation, but I do doubt that he's gonna care for my health. I do doubt that he's gonna care for my career. It doesn't make sense at all. If God can be trusted for salvation, he'll carry everything else. If I were walking down you know, a street out here, say Ortega Highway, and you come by in a car, I've got a backpack on my, light, on my back, and you, you stop and say, hey Rick, you wanna ride? I say, yeah, I'd appreciate that. So, so I get in, the, get in the car with you, and about five minutes later, you look over and you see I'm still wearing the backpack on my back. And you say, Rick, you can just toss that in the back seat. And I say, oh no, it's enough for you to carry me. I'll carry the backpack. That's the kind of stupid logic we do with our lives. <laughs> oh yeah, God, you can save my life, but I'll worry about my money and my sex life and my social life and my career life and uh, you know, all the other things, my friendships, my relationship. No, no, you're, you don't need to carry the backpack either. If he's gonna carry you to heaven, he'll carry everything else while you're here on earth. He's saying worry is unnecessary. And then number five, worry is not only unreasonable, it's unnatural, it's unhelpful, it's unnecessary, it's unbelief. Number five, worry, Jesus says, is unbelief. Worry is doubting God. God has promised to take care of every need in your life if you trust him over and over and over. And when you doubt that, you are an unbeliever at that moment. You're an unbeliever. Every time you worry, you act like an unbeliever. Look at this verse on the screen. Philippians 4.19, love this in the message in the Living Bible. You can be sure, that means certain, it's not a wish, not a hope, you can be sure that God will take care of most things you need. No, I didn't say that. God will take care of everything, everything. What's not included in everything? Nothing. Everything you need because of what Jesus has done for us. Again, God is good to you, not because you're good. God is good to everybody. He's good to even bad people in the world. They get the same life, they get oxygen, they get blood, they get food, they get the sunshine. God is good based on his goodness, not based on your goodness. Now he's saying here, um, if God's gonna take care of every your need, you, every time you worry, you are doubting God. Have you ever thought about that? That's why worry is a sin. It's doubting God. Look at this verse, Matthew 6, 32. People who don't know God, people who don't know God and the way he works, they worry over these things. Now let me be honest with you. If you haven't stepped across the line, if, if you're not a believer in Christ, if you haven't made Jesus the good shepherd or the, the Lord is my shepherd of your life, you ought to worry. You ought to worry. 
because you're up a creek without a paddle. You're out there on your own. You're not depending on your heavenly father. You're not depending on God's goodness and grace and love. You're depending on yourself. You ought to worry. There's a lot of reasons to worry if you don't have God in your life because you've got to face all those battles on your own. You've got to find all the solutions on your own, and you're not God, and neither am I. We're just not. And so it's the starting point is the humble attitude, God is God and I'm not. When I understand that, all of a sudden the worry starts draining out of my life. People who don't know God and the way he works, they worry about these things. Non-believers ought to worry, but Christians are different because we have a heavenly father, a good God who promises to care for us. And God says, hey, you guys, what are you worrying about? You're not plants, you're not, you're not animals, you're not birds, you're my children. You see, it's actually an insult to God every time you worry. You're acting like an orphan every time you worry. You're acting like you don't have a heavenly father who has promised over and over again over 3,000 promises in this book to take care of your needs. You're acting like you're an orphan. You know, there's a beautiful phrase we just read. He said, your father knows you need them. He knows what you need. How many times do you act like God doesn't know what you need? God, do you know about my sexual needs? Do you know about my physical needs? Do you know about my social needs? I don't think God knows about my career needs. Really? That's doubting God. Worry is unbelief. You don't think God sees it all. What I'm telling you is this. When you worry, every time you worry, you're acting like an atheist. You're acting like there is no God. There is no promises in the scripture. You know, I'm just out here on my own. Worry is practical atheism. I'm saying, I don't really believe God will help me out of this mess. And we start depending on ourselves and we start taking matters into our own hands and we assume that we have to figure it all out rather than just trusting. That's called playing God. And you know what? That's a poor testimony. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ and you're worried all the time, that's a lousy witness to the world. It's saying, uh, you know, I'm just like you. I don't, I don't have a God who, who takes care of my needs. I'm, I'm playing God. And by the way, you know what the worst kind of worry is? When you say, you know, things are going too good. Well, things, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop because things are going too, that's the worst kind of worry you could possibly have. I don't really believe God is a good God because things are going too good. So something is bound to happen. That's what Job's, there's a whole book of the Bible about that kind of worry, it's called the book of Job. Job was enormously successful. He was wealthy, he was well-known, he was beloved, he was popular, he was famous, he, he'd be a billionaire today, and he kept going, mm, things are going too good. And, and when everything fell apart, he goes, that which I have feared has happened. <laughs> it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. When we get to heaven, you're gonna see how many times you set yourself up for failure by worrying, instead of trusting, instead of trusting. You think God's ever worried? No. When God made you in his image, he doesn't want you to worry. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Rick will be back in just a moment with the rest of today's lesson. You can sign up for Pastor Rick's free email devotional at pastorrick.com. That's pastorrick.com.
If you want to make your time in prayer the best it can be, then you're going to want to get a copy of the brand new 2022 Daily Hope Prayer Journal. This year's theme, Connecting with Jesus, the source of living water, will help you tap into God's power and presence as you discover the keys to praying with passion and purpose. This hardcover journal features a soft-touch cover and 235 beautifully designed pages filled with inspiring Bible verses, photos, and artwork. It's a spiritual growth tool designed to help you enjoy a vibrant prayer life, connect with the Lord, and establish a consistent daily prayer time. As you use this journal, you'll be amazed at how faithful God is to answer your prayers. You'll be reminded every day how much God loves you and wants to be part of your life. When you give a gift to help Daily Hope reach people around the world with the hope of Jesus, we'll send you the all-new 2022 Daily Hope Prayer Journal to say thanks. Quantities are limited, so don't wait. Go to PastorRick.com to get your 2022 prayer journal and have your gift matched up to $100,000. Or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. There's only two days left to have your gift matched up to $100,000. So don't wait. Once again, here's Rick. John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says this, Don't be worried. What do I do instead of worrying? He says, believe in God and believe in me. Now, how do you do that? How do you trust God to meet your needs? Okay, so how do I do that? How do I trust in God? Well, it's not rocket science, friends. It's just three or four things, and God makes it very clear in the Bible that if you'll do these four things, worry is gonna drain out of your life. I don't want you worrying anymore. Every time you worry is a wasted second of your life. It's wasted energy. They said it doesn't change anything. It's unreasonable, it's unhelpful, it's unnatural. It's, it's unbelief, it's unhealthy. So how do I trust God for my needs instead of worrying about my needs? Well, the Bible says you do four things. Write these down. Number one, and you do this every day, it's not a one-time thing. Every day, ask him to be my shepherd. Every day, I ask Jesus to be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And if I ask him to be my shepherd, then he's gonna feed, and he's gonna lead, and he's gonna meet my need in that day. By the way, he'll not only feed, lead, and meet your need, he can also forgive your misdeed and help you succeed if you just trust him. So, what do you do? You do this every morning. When you get up, you sit on the side of your bed and you say, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus Christ, I'm expecting you to feed me, to lead me, and to meet my needs today, to help me succeed, forgive my misdeeds. I will trust you today. And I start every day by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. You're a good God. And then I say it throughout the day. Every time you go into a meeting, the Lord is my shepherd. He's gonna help me in this meeting. You got a parent-teacher conference. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> what I'm about to hear, I may not wanna hear, but he's gonna feed me, lead me, and meet my needs. Uh, any, you got a major decision to make. The Lord is my shepherd. You might say it 10 or 15 times a day. 
But if you'll start saying that phrase, your worry will go down. Every time you start to worry, you need to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm asking Jesus Christ to feed me, to lead me, to meet my needs, and I'm not gonna worry about it because he says, I've promised I will take care of your needs if you will trust me. Now in John chapter 10, Jesus says this, verse 14, 15, I am the good shepherd. When you say the Lord's my shepherd, who is that? Jesus says, I'm it, I'm him. I am the Lord, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own sheep, and they know me, and I lay down my life for my sheep. That's what he did on the cross. He gave his life for you. And if he loved you enough to die for you, he certainly loves you enough to feed, lead, and meet your need. Every day you need to pray the prayer that David prayed. It's this next verse, Psalm 28, verse 9. Come, Lord, save us and bless us. Be our shepherd and always carry us in your arms. He says, you can pray these things. The Lord's my shepherd, so I need to say, Lord, I need you to save me today. I need you to bless me today. Uh, I need you to, to uh, be my shepherd today. I need to carry you to carry me in your arms. Do you remember when you were a little kid, your parents would go on an outing, you'd go on a picnic or a hike or you know, you go hunting or fishing or you go to Disneyland, and at the end of the day, your little legs are so tired, mom or dad has to carry you out to the car because you're just pooped out. Your legs give out as a little kid. And that's what happens during the week sometimes. And you say, God, I am just pooped out. I am worn out. I don't think I can put one foot in front of the other. I need you to carry me right now. Carry me to the car. Take me home. Get me home. And he says, I'm your shepherd. I'll care for you. I'll bless you. I'll protect you. I'll save you. I'll guide you. I'll direct you. I'll discipline you when you need it. I'll, I'll defend you. I will do all of these things, and when you're worn out and you're tired and you can't put one foot in front of the other, I'll carry you. Just hop on and I'll, 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 take, you, I'll take you to the car. I'll take you home. That's what you do. Every day, ask him to be my shepherd. Number two. Second, it's very important, I give him, Jesus, first place in every area of my life. This is extremely important, that I give Jesus first place in every area of my life. Now, if you're a believer, you've given him first place in your life, so I want you to be number one, but there's different parts of your life that are not under his control. And when you say, Jesus, come into my house, you need to say, have the whole house. You got access to the bedroom, you got access to the bathroom, you got access to the kitchen in my life, you got access to that closet over there where I got all kinds of stuff hidden, you got access to the garage, to the living room, to the dining room, it's all yours. Jesus, take over the whole house. Have you ever said that? Not, yeah, God, I want you to just get me to heaven. I want you to be number one in every area of my life. Now, the Bible says this, Matthew 6, verse 31 to 33. Your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well what you need. Now, let me stop right there. Your heavenly Father perfectly knows already what you need. So any need you mention to God, he already knows. Someday I'm gonna do a message called Phrases You'll Never Hear God Say. Like, oops. <laughs> you know, you never want to hear a surgeon say that when you're laying on a table. Oops. God never says oops. God never says, well, I didn't know that. Well, slap me. You know, I, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't see that one coming. God will never say that. God knows your needs better than you do. 
You've got needs. You don't even know you've got needs. God says, man, that's a big need. That's a big need in their life. They don't even see it. They're blind to it. They've got a blind spot. They have no idea how many needs they've got. God knows your needs better than you do. So anytime you come to God with needs, he's not going to go, whoa, I never saw that one coming. He knew it before he made you. God, listen, allows needs in your life so you'll come to him, so he can answer that need, so you'll trust him. We looked at that circle last week. You get a need, and then you ask God to meet that need. You cry out, God meets that need, and then you trust God more, and you do that circle thousands of times. That's how you learn to trust God. If you didn't have needs, you'd never trust God. So God allows needs in your life so you can learn to trust him. But he says, I already know what you need uh, before you even ask. And he says, and he will, not might, he will give you what you need if, here's the condition, if you give him first place in your life and you live as he wants you to. So you give God first place in every area of your life. Now let me just tell you something. Anytime you worry, that is a warning light that that particular area of your life, you have not given him first place. Every time you worry, you go, oh, that's an area where God's not number one. Any area of your life where God is not number one, you're gonna worry about it. Any area of your life where God's not number one, that's gonna be a source of insecurity in your life, your job or anything else. Any area in your life that is not under the lordship of Christ, is not given first place to God, that's gonna be a constant source of worry and insecurity your entire life. So if nothing's first, God is first place in no area of your life, you got everything to be worried about. You might hold on to a couple areas. God, you can have the whole house, but don't have the bedroom. Then you're gonna worry about that area. God, you can have every area of the house except the kitchen, then you're gonna worry about that area. It's the sign that he's not number one. It's an indication that you've got mixed up values. When you make Jesus Christ number one in every single area of your life, it really simplifies your priorities, and it also gives you a whole lot less to worry about. See, when it's given to God, then you don't have to worry about it. Too often we worry about things. We worry about physical possessions. And it's just like that. If you have fewer possessions, you have less. You know, I never, 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 never worry about getting barnacles on my yacht. Because I don't have a yacht. So I've never, never worried about how am I going to get those barnacles off that yacht? I don't have to worry about it because my life is, is simplified and, and the things that are in my life, they, I've given them to God. Now, as long as you love anything else in your life more than God, that area is gonna become a source of worry to you. Just count on it. It's gonna become a source of stress and a source of insecurity if God, if you love it more than God. You're gonna be victimized by worry and anxiety. And eventually, everybody has to decide, you and me and everybody else, what am I going to live for and who am I going to live for? Um, and whatever that answer is becomes your Lord. For some of you, your job is your Lord. For some of you, your marriage is your Lord. For some of you, your children is your Lord. Those are all good things. Nothing wrong with them. They just don't deserve God's place. 
And when anything takes place, God, that's called an idol, and it creates stress, and it creates worry, and it creates insecurity. You know, one of the things we worry about the most, of course, is money. What I've discovered is that no matter how much or how little you've got about it, you still worry about it. You know, I've been in 164 countries, and I've seen the poorest of the poor of the poor of the poorest of the poor. And on the other hand, I know a number of billionaires and multi-multi-billionaires. You know what I've discovered at both ends? They both worry about money. And if you don't have it, you worry about getting it. If you've got it, you're worrying about keeping it, saving it, spending it, investing it, protecting it. And, and God says, I don't want you worrying about that. I'll take care of all your needs. So every day I ask Jesus to be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it 50 times a day. And then I give him first place in every area of my life. Here's the third thing. This is the third thing God wants to say to you, and we're going to cover this more in detail next week. Relax. Relax and give him my worries in prayer. God wants you to relax. He wants you to give him your worries in prayer. And you say, Jesus, just take these things I'm worried about. And you just hand them over to him. Thank you so much for listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We've got some incredible news to share with you. Very generous friends have given a $100,000 matching grant to this ministry. That means all this month, every dollar you give to help Daily Hope share the transforming love of Jesus with people around the world will be matched up to $100,000. Here's Rick to tell you more. Did you know that today there's still almost 3,000 groups of people around the world that have no Bible, no believer in Christ, and no body of Christ, no church? Over 3,000 of those small tribes. One of the reasons I started Daily Hope was to help bring this awareness to the world and raise the funds to get a Bible, a believer, and a body of Christ in these last 3,000 tribes. I call it the final frontier. These people not only need to hear about the love of Jesus, they need to grow up. They need to be discipled in their faith. Now, I I admit this is a big vision, but it's an important vision. It's a global vision. It's a timely vision. But every vision requires provision. And honestly, we wouldn't be able to even go after these tribes without your help. And that's why I can't fully express how much I appreciate your support for Daily Hope. When you give to this ministry, you're not only supporting this broadcast, but you're supporting our efforts to go to the final frontier, the final 3,000 tribes that have no Bible, no believer, and no body of Christ. Now, friends, even if you can't help us financially, I want to ask you to pray. Pray for us and pray these specific prayer requests that I will faithfully teach God's Word in a way that blesses you and penetrates the hearts of people who don't know Christ. Pray for the Daily Hope team, that God will encourage them as they create all of our discipleship tools and materials, which we want you to have to help you. And most of all, pray for these unreached tribes and groups of people who've never heard the name of Jesus. I'm praying for you during uh, this Christmas season. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. You make it possible. Now, in order to help get God's word out to the world, 
very generous friends have pledged a matching grant to Daily Hope. That means any gift you give will be matched up to $100,000. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. We'll say thanks by sending you the brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal. That's PastorRick.com or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. There are only two days left to have your gift matched up to $100,000 and to receive your very special prayer journal thank you gift. So please contact us right away. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.